welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan. My name is Dan Martin, special effects artist and podcaster, and I'm joined, as ever, by my lovely co-host... Sam Ashurst, and I'm a writer, I'm a director, I'm a podcast person, and I am the one responsible for choosing Child's Play 2 this time around. I think maybe, Dan, you weren't too sure about doing Child's Play 2, or was it just that you really wanted to do Child's Play 1? Um, it's it's that I wanted to do Child's Play 1, and we'll get into it when we talk about the movie yeah. whole, but I I remember being very disappointed the first time I watched Child's Play 2. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Well, f- and I don't and I don't like to bring negativity, but we can we can get into how I feel about it now. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, well, this is one of my favourite horror franchises. I love the character, love Brad DeRiff's performance, and the whole arc of the story especially when we get into the later sequels and tv series i love that it's become this kind of glorious queer celebration going from a genuinely chilling first movie to a franchise that can have a john waters cameo and have it absolutely make sense and i wanted to do child's play too because it feels more like a don mancini movie to me than the first film even if he's still only writing it, like the trademark camp is starting to creep in here and it's on the path to what it would eventually become. Does that feel fair to say? Did you get any of that on this watch? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'll be vague because I don't want to spoil it, but also, you know, we all know there's a lot more movies, so we don't need to worry too much about (laughs) some elements of the plot. Um, By the time it kicks off in in the third act, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really fun again. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of business, uh, like it's it's a bit silly at the beginning, which yep. I didn't mind as much this time, but but was disappointing because of how much I'd liked the grittiness of the first one. Yes, yeah. And then the second act is is a lot of driving about and a lot of kind of bloodless kills. It wasn't satisfying the 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 young horror fan who wanted to see special effects. Got it. And I think in in hindsight that's a little naive because again, as we discussed last time, the the practical effects around the puppet are absolutely astonishing and even more so now than the uh than before when jen and i were watching this uh she commented this whole house is a set why have they built this house and i'm like oh it's because chucky's going to be running around and they needed enough room for the puppeteers underneath it like everything on this movie is a set yeah if chucky's and, and but and you know spoiler sort of a bit i guess with these movies even if chucky's not in a scene if you get to a location and it's a set Chucky's going to some shit's going to go down yes. because they've had to build it as a set because Chucky needs to be able to navigate it. And and conversely, if you get to a place and it's a location, less Chucky. Possibly no Chucky. <laughs> it's going to take place in that space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and Don Mancini kind of pops up in the extras and uh, and says that Chucky really becomes the character of the franchise in this movie and I I definitely agree. He also describes it as the fan favorite. I don't know if I'd go that far even though the interview was like a, a modern interview. Maybe he's just being modest because I think the more it becomes his sensibility this franchise the more it does go into fan favorite territory. But, you know, Charles Play 2 is absolutely a turning point that laid the groundwork for everything that came afterwards i think i said on the last episode that the third one isn't great but uh, part two really does start to set up the vibe of bride and and then mancini's directorial debut seed of chucky and everything after that you mentioned the third act which we're not going to spoil but it's just so much fun it just keeps escalating and escalating 
and it really does look glorious on 4k this transfer looks especially stunning really beautiful and really pops in the kind of climactic factory scenes let's put it that way and yeah i guess like they did uh put a lot of the effects work in the back end with this with this movie like chucky pops up here and there yeah. but it's like they saved all the budget for this spectacular final 30 minutes or so yeah that's absolutely the case like there's some very very impressive walking shots in this which while yeah. maybe not the most bombastic aspect are from a technical standpoint and watching it as a as an adult effects artist are a delight but then it's also one of those things where they've just gone oh, i've got an idea yeah sure that's that's how this works this factory is definitely being manned by one sleepy person on their own <laughs> <laughs> and has like needlessly complicated spiral slides everywhere <laughs> and not a fucking stop button in sight not an emergency stop anywhere well what's quite fun about the commentary the commentary is you know it's it's slightly dry and there are uh, occasional pauses but it is honest and interesting quite emotional at, at times yeah absolutely yeah it's it's a, a a really kind of wild journey the commentary but i love the moments where john laffier it's it's the director's commentary and, and john laffier talks about like the construction the reconstruction of the chucky doll and like the opening credits and he talks about how like insane this process would be to do in real life. This is not the best way to construct a doll by any means. And I think probably the slides were yeah. along the same logic path where it's just... Well, yeah, they, they mention cool. it in the script. They, you know, they're rebuilding the, the conceit is. Yeah. They've, re they've managed to track down the burnt up good guy doll that may or may not have killed a bunch of people in the first movie. And and they're going to take it apart and check that it's not all like weird and wrong. They're not even entertaining the idea that it's possessed, just to be able to like <laughs> eschew that it's it did it did some murders. And the guy from the company whose brainchild this is is very excited to show the boss of the company that like we've done all this and we've rebuilt Chucky. And they go back in and Chucky hasn't quite been rebuilt yet, which yeah. is how we foreshadow a couple of div machines within the making. Mm -hmm. We'll see again later. And there's a bit of like, why aren't they ready? And one of them says, we don't normally do this by hand. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is, right. a, this is a very silly enterprise. And I love that the boss is like, yeah, I don't care about this. Shove the doll up your butt. Get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Like, it's a really fucking dark way to go into the movie. Like, that opening where they're talking about the events of the first film and the mum has been institutionalized for corroborating Andy's story in court. So she's locked yeah. up and he's in a care home about to be like rehomed. Like it's super, super fucking dark. I think one of the, it pops up on the extras. I can't remember who it is, but it's the actress who's also in Donnie Darko who plays the teacher. But anyway, she said that the first... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's incredible. She's fantastic. And she said that in the first film, the message was you should always listen to children. Whereas in this one, it's more like going into the reason why people don't listen to children because it complicates the adult world. <laughs> like it complicates what adults actually want to do because children are no bullshit voices and that goes out of people as they age up. Not everyone, you know, uh, not us, that's for sure. We're, we're kids at heart, but... Um, yeah, the more cynical adult world of the corporate politics, the idea that they'd rather lock up the mum 
and put the kid into care than admit any fallibility and risk profits is kind of super yeah. bleak and amazing. There's a moment in the third act, right at the end of the third act, which I can't uh, explicitly describe because it is a spoiler. Like, it's a fun thing that happens Yeah, in, right at the end of the third act. But there's a thing that happens that makes someone look like a garbage pal kid. <laughs> right, yeah. And when I was watching it the other day, I'm like... Ah, oh, that's why Sam chose this. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, do you know what? I haven't actually got Garbage Pail Kids in my recommendations, even though it's the greatest film ever made. But yeah, no, that's a great, great shout. The commentary, just to, to go back to that briefly, I, I do love it when a director has a real sense of film history. I found it slightly odd when John Lafayette compared himself to, to Hitchcock because he had a lot of blondes in his early films. That's and De Palma. Slightly weird moment, yeah. But I loved the bit where yeah. he compared himself to Orson Welles because he fought to be able to, to shoot ceilings because um, producers don't like ceilings yeah. in movies because that's you know a good place to hang lights and all the rest of it. But I love that when he was building these sets, he built them complete so that he could have that freedom to, um, you know, have the low angles and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the commentary. You, you talked about the emotional moments. Do you want to uh, go into that in a bit more detail? Yeah, I mean, it's just that he talks about like there's a there's a bit where he talks about his childhood experiences. And, and obviously, like he, there's something because he, you know, he, he wrote on the movies as well. Yeah. And there's there's something about him he he touches on the experience of not being listened to by adults and how like isolating that can be yeah. and how like alone that can make you feel yeah. and i think that as much as this film is uh, in the first like two thirds a bit boring for me mm -hmm. and in the in the last third bombastic and silly which mm -hmm. i very much appreciate now but was not what i wanted at the time it's interesting to look back at it and think, oh, there is still this kind of like dark undertone yeah. about how like alone and endangered a child is if adults won't listen to them. Yeah. Because they have no recourse. They have no like ability to look after themselves. And we were talking last time about what kind of stood this out from the other films. And I think that it is... It's having a young protagonist. In the first one, he's not missing his mother, which is always such a like a go to like taking away the support network of a yeah. child, and obviously yeah. is what they do in this movie. Yeah, but they manage to do it in this darker way. It's 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 a genuinely harrowing backdrop, even if this yeah. movie then is a bit silly. Like the the dad in the Foster family, Agatha's obviously amazing. Yeah, the the dad, I genuinely couldn't tell was he written as an unsympathetic prick. Or was he written as just like a fun, slightly abrasive, grumpy dad character and our social opinions of such behaviours have changed so much that I now think he's like a, a, like a borderline abusive cunt. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I don't know either because, yeah, um, you know, at the time, like even sitcom dads were pretty brutal. I think the actor, both the parents hated being in the film apparently my favorite extra is the interview with don mancini I, I wish it was longer i wish we had a commentary for this film but what's here is fact pack and he does talk about how he had to be kind of the go-between between the actors and john lafia not because lafia was a, a horrible director because the interview with christine elise she talks very fondly about working with lafia that's another 
great extra. But yeah, apparently Mancini had to like calm Jenny Agutta down um, quite a few times because they both struggled with the fact that they weren't the star and Chucky was the star. And just this idea of this puppet having this reverence, they couldn't get their heads around it for some reason, even though they're in the sequel to, you know, a, a film about the puppet. They didn't like being outshone by the puppet. So who knows, maybe some of that grumpiness crept into the performance. But yeah, both parents had a terrible time. So uh, the other thing that I really loved in the Mancini interview, actually, is I had absolutely no idea about this until watching uh, the extras on this, this box set. But both Don Mancini and John Lafia were both massive fans of Return of the Living Dead and were influenced by that film making this movie which I absolutely never would have guessed but does kind of make sense in a way especially in that third act yeah 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 um cool well that's really all i've got to say about the movie and the extras uh unless you've got any more thoughts dan no i think that's it there's some interesting deleted scenes from when it was shown on sci-fi yes uh, yeah my assumption is that they trimmed some stuff out and they needed to bring it back up to length yeah is my guess they don't add a huge amount to it no. as a narrative but they do show an interest i think nowadays we're we've got so much access to content like I hate the term content, but like <laughs> to the stuff around films. Yeah. And now we're becoming aware of the fact that, fuck, there's like seven different versions of this movie. Yeah. Well, you know, not this movie specifically, but just generally. Like, it's so yeah. easy to be oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Like, back in the old days, it was just longest is best. But actually, now there are longer versions of films that are missing footage. And I never really considered back in the old days that that there would be this sort of extra stuff kind of like jammed in to get running time back up right exactly yeah yeah so you 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 know we we just look at run times as a a thing and you know it's it's used as a, a derisory statement but you'd meet people at these you know the Watford film fairs and stuff would be like oh, i've got this with an extra two and a half seconds and it's like two and a half seconds is a lot for special effects i know that yeah 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 yeah, no, it's interesting because I guess the assumption is that the difference between cuts, like a director's cut has to exist because on the theatrical release, some evil producer said, oh, we need to cut 30 minutes off this so we can have more screenings and make more money and all the rest of it. But it is more nuanced than that, for sure. So yeah, yeah. not essential, but definitely interesting. Those uh, deleted scenes, extended scenes, whatever you want to call them. And uh, yeah, let's move on to recommendations based on the movie. And I'm going to go first. And this is one of the elements that connects my choice this time to your choices last time. Because uh, I'm going to go for Gremlins 2. Um, yeah, nice. the first Gremlins was set kind of in, uh, well, in suburbia. And the sequel to, to Gremlins had a definite corporate vibe with a very healthy amount of self-awareness. And Don Mancini's Child's Play script takes a, a similar approach. Obviously, the first Child's Play kind of crossed the line between suburbia and more kind of urban locations. And Gremlins 2 is, is, is probably sillier than Child's Play 2. Um, but it does have some very freaky and creepy moments in gremlins 2 for sure so yeah uh if you love child's play 2 i recommend gremlins 2 and i even recommend it if you don't love child's play 2 because gremlins 2 is a perfect perfect movie from start to finish 
Dan, I'm sure we've discussed it before, but how do you feel about Gremlins 2? I like it. It's not as dark as the first yeah, one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> similar similar response. I haven't seen it much. I haven't seen it yeah. for years. Some great puppets. I love the designs of the Gremlins and the Mogwai, but I remember being a little disappointed. But, but to be honest, I think, again, possibly naively so, and I think that going back to it, I might really enjoy it now as an adult. Yeah, I, I actually genuinely think that if you gave that a watch now, I think you'd definitely love it way more. Like, it's such a Dan movie. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's really amazing. That's a dream release for me, for Arrow, but I think I think it's Warner Brothers. So I think it's probably unlikely, but God, I'd love, love a Gremlins box set from Arrow. Um, but anyway, yeah, what's your first recommendation? Uh, my first recommendation is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Hey, nice. Perfect. Um, directed by Jack Shoulder, also Kevin Yeager on the special yeah, effects team. So so that's so like yeah. a, a tenuous link, but it's also a, um, a film that heralds the transition of a franchise yeah. character. I don't think it was handled particularly well in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, and there's some there's a very interesting documentary about it, particularly focusing on Mark Patton's uh, experience mm-hmm. on the movie. That's very worth checking out. But but it is where Freddy started to become the quipster that he would he would sort of become solidly from then on out and it's a yeah it's a it's a it's a very interesting movie as a sort of a transition from from the this first one to the franchise to what could sustain uh, an ongoing franchise yeah that's such a perfect recommendation it has the silliness as well um yeah but exactly. also kind of the loneliness as well yeah great 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 um i've got another sequel for my next recommendation it's one of my all-time favorite dark sequels and like Gremlins 2 and Child's Play 2, it has the corporate satire of the first instalment, but taken to the next level. It is Robocop 2, another dream release for Arrow. They did Robocop. Please do Robocop 2. I know it's more divisive than the first one, but I really, really love Robocop. And, and the effects feel similar too. And Robocop and Kane both feel like action figures come to life. And here's where uh, this recommendation also connects to your recommendation last time. I would pay very good money for a Robocop versus Chucky crossover movie because obviously Chucky hates the police. And so I think there's there's some justification, some character justification um, for those two going up against each other. So I want- yeah, go on. I want more crossover movies. I just want loads of fucking Me crossover too. movies. Me too. I remember when they announced Batman versus Superman. Yes. I genuinely thought we might get Batman versus Predator. Right. Off the yeah. Because they couldn't do the Batman versus Predator without Batman getting his mech spine that he gets after Superman breaks his yeah. spine in the yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those two kind of had to work together in canon. Oh, wow. And I was, so, yeah. and then it just obviously it didn't fucking happen. I want, I want, I want Ash, Ashes to Ashes, yes. the Evil Dead sequel where it's Ash versus Ash. I want Dread versus Batman. Yes. I want, I want Predator versus Batman. But then there's loads of made up ones that I want as well. Child's Play versus Small Soldiers and Child's Play versus Robocop. Now I know I need in my yeah. life. Oh, same, yeah. And oh God, yeah, Batman versus Dread would be perfect. Like Judgment on Gotham. It's one of the yeah. coolest comics ever. Like Simon Bisley's art is just insane. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. I was I was pouring through some of that the other day oh, again. Just, yeah, just it's, it's so gorgeous, good. really gorgeous. All right, what's up next from you, Dan? Next up from me is a video game from 1994. Whoa. Yeah, 
Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> uh, it's directed by John LeFere. And while it doesn't have Brad Dourif in it, it does have Vincent Schiavelli in it, who is also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So I feel like it's basically the same movie as uh, as Charles Play 2, except it's not Charles Play 2, and it's not a movie. It's a video <laughs> game. It's called Corpse Killer. Um, uh, it's, <laughs> it's from 94, and it's from that brief period where you had full motion video video games fmv video games where it was like a static background and then like video clipped people who were not from the same take would appear and then you'd shoot at them or not shoot at them depending on whether or not they were zombies but in this it's absolutely full of people in like really fun foam latex zombie makeup and you have to kill them. incredible i think this it also has bill mosley oh no shit you should check it out i've never heard of this yeah yeah there's a 25th yeah there's a 25th anniversary edition from like uh came out like 2020 maybe right. 20 yeah 2019 2018 yeah i think this might be the coolest recommendations we've done in a long time and i love love the fact that we got through two child's play uh movie episodes without recommending megan once so <laughs> like... it lightly it lightly occurred to me but i i just missed it i i actually had a relatively good time with that movie and there's some fun stuff yeah. in it but it uh but yeah i mean like you know if you've seen it, if you if you like it, you've seen well, it. Well, exactly. Like it's recent yeah. enough. We don't need to. Yeah, we we watched it. They don't need our Shay help. and I watched it with the kids here. I think they had like a sleepover with some friends over, and they wanted to watch a scary movie, so um, they went for Megan, and it was actually really really fun watching it for the first time with them, kind of screaming and squealing at stuff. It kind of reminded me of my first experience of watching the first Child's Play with friends. So. Um, but yeah, it's not a recommendation and we're going to move on. And Dan, you should go first again, as I only have one recommendation this week and it's not a movie. Uh, this might turn into a new catchphrase. But yeah, Dan, what have you got for us movie-wise? Uh, I watched a Jake Johnson picture from last year recently with oh, Jen, cool. which I... So Jake Johnson, uh, most people know him as one of the chaps out of New Girl, that ongoing not ongoing but like long-running zoe deschanel Mm -hmm. sitcom but he's actually a bit of a like indie film guy as well and has done a lot of uh, a lot of sort of interesting slightly weird stuff Um, but he's directed this one it's called self-reliance and it's uh it's about a guy whose life has gone pretty wholly to shit and he is selected to take part in a, a version of the most dangerous game and he has offered this opportunity. He's not abducted. He's not tricked. They're just like, hey, look, you've got nothing going on. How about we hunt you? <laughs> and you can have this like large quantity of money if you survive for this long, for like 30 days or whatever it is. What's the? That sounds awful, and I'm not going to do that. They say, no, 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 no. People might not even find you. We'll, we'll, start the, we'll start the 30 days. We don't tell anyone where you are, but you are being broadcast on the dark web. It's a TV show for the dark web. And uh, and then these people from the killers have to find you from around the world and they'll come to you and then they'll they'll attack you. Uh, and and if you survive, you get this uh, these many millions of dollars. And he's not going to take them up on it until they say that he can't. No one can attack him if he's with anyone else. And so he thinks he's found a loophole. And then the movie is about how no one believes him and how it's quite difficult to be in the company of other people all the time. <laughs> That's incredible. That sounds fucking amazing. What a premise. And his his parents, his parents, like his 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 mother and his siblings all think he's just like doing it for attention. Wow. They just don't believe so- him. And because no one will attack him while there are other people around, it's very difficult for him to get like proof 
Right, yeah. So is this, because uh, this could go either way for me based on your description and based on the person who's doing it. Um, is is it a scary movie or is it more comedy? It's more of a comedy, but it has moments of genuine anxiety. Is it kind of a bit like Creep? Well, so I thought of uh, the Duplass guys, the Duplass yeah. brothers, when I when I was thinking of Johnson and, and his sort of relationship with the mainstream it's, and this indie exactly. world. No, I think it's it's more accessible than right. Creep. It's not as um, it's not as like it's not as grimy I as love Creep. creep. It's, I mean, so for example, when he gets asked if he wants to do it, he's walking down the street feeling like a piece of shit, and a limo rolls up, and and the w- the, w- the window goes down, and it's Andy Samberg, mm-hmm. and he's like. Are you Andy Samberg? And Andy Samberg's like, yeah, yeah, it's me. I'm Andy Samberg. Do you like limos? And he's like, uh, yeah. He's like, get in. And then they, they get in the car and they're driving. And he starts asking Andy Samberg questions. And Andy Samberg's like, I, I don't know. I'm just paid to, to, to invite you into the car. And I'm not paid to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, um, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I did promise I'd get to the second Zala graphic novel, and sure enough, I did. It's called Organisms from an Ancient Cosmos, and as you might have guessed from that title, it's a Lovecraftian-influenced sci-fi tale with Zala's typical dark edge. Some crazy plot twists in this one. Uh, It's also got my favourite black character Zala's written, and some truly epic scope. It's published by Dark Horse, so he made the leap from Floating World to one of the majors. And I do wonder if this was a script that he'd already written that he adapted for comics, unlike the first book, which felt like straight up underground indie comics, whereas this one does feel more like something that he would have pitched um, kind of like a twisted take on independence day but yeah it's still a really fun ride i love his art it's basic but memorable for sure and i can't wait to see what comic he does next i'm way more excited about that than the movies i really hope he continues down this path because he is a a genuine talent in this space so yeah organisms from an ancient cosmos i recommend it dan what is next from you, film-wise? Well, it's not a film, it's a TV show. In fact, it's a docu- documentary mini I love how we're mixing it up um, now. It's great. It's fresh. Used to give me I stuff, know I did. I, I like it. It's good. <laughs> Keeps it fresh. Um, yeah, I was actually recommended this by... I don't remember which of the Underjar twins recommended this to me, Courtney or Hillary. Um, they were the production designers on Girl on the Third Floor, and I'm still in a, a group chat nice. with them and director Travis. And we were just chatting about great stuff we'd recently seen recently and one of them recommended love has won a documentary miniseries about the earth mother godmother godmother cult oh wow uh, and it's absolutely baffling and absolutely brilliant wow and it's yeah it's it's nice and nice and crazy and nice and contained and you can uh, yeah go and watch that it's an hbo documentary full of very weird people manipulating each other and being fully delusional Amazing. I I might actually uh, get a chance to watch that before uh, our next record because uh, our next record is a ways off, uh, Precious Arrowheads, because uh, Dan is on his regularly scheduled break next time. So I'll be back with Shay. Uh, We will be covering The Warriors in our first episode together and then it will be Conan the Barbarian in our second episode both kind of 4k releases dan how can people get you uh i am at 13 finger fx on anything that matters yeah uh come and find me online and and pitch me your versus movies i want you to tell me 
which franchise characters you would most like to see duke it out in a in a standalone spin-off versus amazing horror. or not even horror it doesn't have to be horror yeah could be anything. yeah i'm on at sam ashurst 23 on instagram i'm sam ashurst on letterbox um why not uh come and listen to me and shay talk about loads of other films including bowfinger we've done blade recently as well as lots of really obscure weird stuff that you can only get on tape uh, over on patreon forward slash vhs quest which is just a dollar a week nice. for um what are we on episode 69 i think episode 70 so 70 times four like two almost 300 movies we've talked about at this point so um that's vhs quest any final thoughts from you dan no that's it i i'm i've got loads of stuff i want to watch the pile isn't getting any smaller i told jen today i'm going to do a moratorium on buying anything and she said yeah but people send you stuff (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's a very it's definitely champagne problems but i'm I'm at my at my desk looking at a big stack of discs that i don't have a home for on the floor i'm trying to work out what the fuck i'm gonna do what are you actually doing in your month off have you got like stuff booked in or are you gonna do a big old watch it's a bit of both we've got so i'm doing i can't really talk about them but i've got like three or four different projects all going on at once at the moment um none of which have like a vast amount of stuff hence being able to go concurrently but there's some pretty pretty nice stuff i'm working with a director i've sort of slightly worked with before but now properly who i really like so that's fun and some some nice character makeup stuff that is not just not just the gore it's nice to nice to sort of get out there and do some some fancy uh, fancy makeup occasionally. So there's yeah, there's lots of that going on, and then I'm reconfiguring the entertainment system at home. Nice. So I think we're going to be getting a new projector. Sweet. And yeah, just sort of re- rearranging stuff. I've been we we moved everything from where it was, so we're now. So this won't mean anything to our listeners. So feel free to cut this out, Sam. But we're swapping the the living room around side to side. So the cinema mm. end is now down where the where the billiards table used to oh, be oh yeah and the billiards table is now in the bay window at the end so when oh, you nice. walk in it's more like a games room ah. and then it feels much more cinemary which is really nice that's cool um yeah but also it kind of forces us to put the screen up when we leave because you can't get past it otherwise which means that the room stays open and bigger nice Oh, that's smart. It just feels nicer. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, I had to reconfigure a 7.1 sound system <laughs> and remount a projector and all the fun stuff that comes with moving a big entertainment system. But I built a full cabinet to hold all of the equipment. Amazing. Um, Fucking amazing. So that's what, like, that's why I don't have to dig out a player downstairs because I've got this massive AV amp right. that everything is plugged into. So I've got like everything from like the PlayStation 5, like and the and the PlayStation 4 and Apple TV and a regular multi-region Blu-ray player and a Nintendo Switch and a Z Eagle and a Laserdisc oh, player <laughs> like, all plugged into the same amp uh, and then they're all it's and then it's all run by this like smart remote so like I can just voice control it and tell it what I want Holy shit that's incredible will automatically turn on the projector dim the lights everything all voice control it's wonderful well uh, i'm excited to see this i don't think i've told you this yet but um i am coming to the uk for the first time in a few years uh Amazing, in yeah. march so i'll be there for a few weeks and i'm hoping to get to london so if i do let's uh let's hang out in real life maybe even yeah re- man that'd be really maybe, nice Come over for a movie. maybe even record an episode who knows but anyway that's ad- <gasps> that's admin that's admin um let's wrap this up and say Thank you so much for listening, and we promise to be more professional, to be more professional next time. Next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.